You're listening to Steel City Music. So I'm loading in gear at Lee's Palace and it's dark. I mean, it's really dark. And I'm an old man, right? I am. My glasses aren't too good. Uh, the gear's really heavy because I'm in my 50s. I never remember the gear being this heavy before. And then we we load it up to the front of the stage. And then there's this big giant ramp. And I'm pushing and I'm pushing. We start getting the, the hard cases up on the stage with the killjoys. And everyone's kind of like pulling up their pants because we're old men. We don't want to show our bum cracks. And I hear this jibber jabber behind me. I'm like, look at this dude. And I'm going, is that John? Is that John Bora? And uh, I hear someone referring to him as John, and I'm like, hey, it's John Bora. John Bora, welcome to Steel City Music. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I, I uh, <clears throat> The reason why I, I, I like to throw that intro out there, because I have spoken to you over 30 times, or th over 30 years, always as a guy helping a band um over 30 years and we have all these uh near acquaintances or friends friend groups but we've never actually chatted right. i don't think so I, I i was trying to think did i ever interview john for radio back in the day and uh and then of course i started doing the research on everything i'm like going man when did i when did i first meet this guy and it turns out i narrowed it down to a monday night called elvis mondays oh yeah and you were in a band called groovy religion were you yeah. one? Right. Yep. And it was with the ground. I was with Ron Bach and uh, Gary Robertson that night. Wow. Yeah. And it, back. Yeah. But you were always like always very friendly and cordial. It was always like a nod and a hello, like, oh, hey, how are you? That sort of thing. But for the longest time, I have to admit this to you. Whenever I talked about Toronto music and the band from Toronto, they would say, oh, well, John's in that band. Uh -huh. well, John Borrow's in that band. Yeah. And John Borrow's in that band. I'm like going, bands is this guy in like i mean there was always like a pickup band or an established band and i think it's kind of a testament to how good of a player you are yeah i suppose <clears throat> also just a testament to you know uh i don't know i just I, i've always you know i love playing music obviously and uh yeah it's just a you know i've always um yeah i've just always had my fingers in a lot of different pies, you know, I guess right. partially just because, yeah, because I really wanted to, uh, you know, I like playing with different people. Right. And, uh, but it's also, you know, trying to increase your income stream as much as possible. Right. That's true too. Play with everyone, make some money, keep doing what you love. But, but it's mostly because, you know, I would, you know, I would either, you know, get, I would, uh, yeah, I, I, I would want to play with this band or that band, you know, because I like them. And uh, if there was someone I liked, I would always kind of want to be a part of that. And with, so if someone asked me, I'd always be uh, more than willing to do it. Right. But it's, it's it's different styles of music because when I was listening to um, cassettes in common, um, right away, I was like, going, well, this is like uh, to me, this is has uh, things of of uh, of old country, some folk, that kind of thing. And I'm like and then for some reason, I was um, uh, I was thinking of Schneider, um, that artist. Is, uh, is it Dan Schneider? Was it Dan Schneider? No. Bob um, Schneider. Bob Snyder. Yeah. I'm like going, this sounds like a little bit like Bob Snyder. So I go down the rabbit hole and I'm like going, Oh, I get it now. I'm doing some, I'm like, this all makes sense now that I'm doing some more reading on it. Um, you're a kid from the seventies with the, uh, with the punk vibe of the early eighties. And I was thinking of all the people that, that you sounded like, and it's just like, it's, it's just like, Oh, okay. Well, there's a little bit of Ron Sexsmith, but the punk thing was from Art Bergman. Yeah. Talk to us about that. 
Um, what do you mean like that? Okay, well, first of all, uh, just so, so uh, your listeners know what we're talking about. My yeah, my latest record, Cassettes in Common. Yeah. It's all songs by people that I I've known or uh, or that I know or have known. Uh, some of them aren't with us anymore, and I called it Cassettes in Common because a lot of the songs either first came out on cassette. Like it's, a, it's a covers record, so a lot of those songs either originally came out on cassette or I first heard on a cassette. Right. And I sort of realized that that was the through line. And yes, I do an Art Bergman song uh, from his 1989 record, uh, Sexual Roulette. The song is called Sleep. And um, yeah, uh, as you mentioned, my, my roots are in, um, you know, punk rock and uh, post-punk and all that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I mean, I've been a fan of arts for, you know, since the 80s and, right. you know, always loved that song. Uh, I also do a song on that uh, on the record by um, Keith Whitaker and Stephen Davey. Keith Keith was the singer for the Demics. Uh, you know, I want to go to New York City, and uh, Stephen Davey was uh, in a band called The Dishes, which was a early, um, you know, mid seventies, one of the first wave um, sort of art punk bands. And uh, they had written a bunch of songs together um, that they planned to do something with, uh, but. Um, I think the story goes that uh, they had a falling out, so nothing ever happened. Then Keith died, and I guess Stephen decided he should try to do something with this so that it wasn't lost to the sands of time and released on CD basically what uh, the cassette recordings that they'd done around the apartment, just sort of documenting the songs. Right. And, um, so there's a song on there called Honestly Ed, which is by those two guys. So, yeah, I mean, I love, uh, you know, uh, you know, country roots, uh, folk music but uh you know my personal roots are in uh my sort of genesis of uh, uh seminal years of playing in bands was with punk rock and uh you know the early uh you know first wave of punk and then the post-punk stuff that this is what really turned my head uh, when i was a teenager and uh, got me really wanted to be in a band i came in here just looking for a friend
to sleep Let's go to sleep If you're sick of the cocaine Drive Say, I 
But all the songs that you have, uh, you have all these different artists that you're covering and some are friends and that, that you played with. Uh, I was thinking, how does one narrow this down? Because, it, I mean, we're looking at, you know, you know a, a career span of a lot of, of in music where you meet so many people and you have so many things influence you and you listen to. How does one narrow it down to 10 songs? So to uh, me, it would be like, you know, John, it, to me, it'd be kind of like, well, I just can't do 10. I got to do 20. And what if? Oh I yeah, were... there may be you a part I mean? two. There may very well be a part two. Yeah. Right. Um, it started out with there are certain songs. There's a couple songs on on there that I've been doing for for many many years. Uh, sure. There's a song by a guy named Sandy Filto. He had a band called The Hacks, um, with Al Miller, who had been in a band called Living Proof in the early '80s, and was a sort of um, you know, been a, a, a sound person uh, throughout the years. Uh, they had a group called The Hacks in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, I've always done. Sandy died in the mid '90s um or later 90s and uh, i've always done his song um sunken glue with my band so there's a couple songs on there that i've always done mm -hmm. and then uh there's a bunch of songs that i've always wanted to do so yeah i just uh i just started there and once i got to 10 i figured that was a, a, a good amount but yes of course there's there's lots more that i could do and and maybe i will someday it sounds like uh that you're going to because i was sitting here listening to all these songs over the last couple of days and uh, it, it it's just a, this great little bit of uh, of uh, storytelling in each song. So I was like, oh, well, this is this is great. This is right up my alley, you know. And it and it also in, in the back of my brain, I'm like, going, how does he get to to like pick those songs? And the other side of my brain is like, well, he's always been like a hard rocker. Like, do you know when someone you get something stuck in your head, like the image, like you just said, okay, well, I was always in the proto punk, you know, punk sort of thing. But of this other stuff, I'm listening to him like going, this this doesn't really make that much sense to me for him to do that because it's this whole other genre and it, it sounds so great with the storytelling. But when I go back and I listen to Change Your Heart and uh, and other stuff, I'm like, oh, wow. And, uh, and then even my brain was like, whoa, Neon Rome, 1987. Like that's, I mean, I was, I was well, a teenager just finding out about Neon Rome, you know, so... Sure. Well, that's his, um, yeah, well, but, um, you know, as a bass player, the part of the reasons that I played in a lot of different bands is because, uh, you know, I played, I've always played bass and, and, you know, bands always need a, a bass player and a drummer or traditionally have always those have been the, 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 the spots that seemed most uh, hard to fill, I guess. So uh, my first, my first experience playing as a side person was with Scott B, who was the original bass player for uh, uh, Groovy Religion. Um, that's the person I replaced in Guru Religion, but he always had a sort of like yeah. punk folk uh, sort of thing going on, and um, um, yeah, and then uh, you know I played with Ron Sexsmith, I played with Kip Harness, I played with uh, you know a bunch of different singer songwriters uh, through the you know throughout the '90s, uh, early '90s, and and whatnot, and so yeah, it doesn't seem there's, there's always been a um, uh, uh, folk roots uh, sort of element to uh, let's say the Queen Street Underground or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Scott B, the Cowboy Junkies came out of that. Blue Rodeo came out of that. There was, of course, Handsome Ned, uh, the Sky Diggers. I mean, they, they all came out of the same scene. So that sort of acoustic music, if you will, has always been around. 
and mm. I played with a lot of. I mean, yeah. Time
did you record cassettes in common? And what was the process like? <clears throat> I have a setup at uh, Johnny McLeod uh, from Johnny and the G Rays. He, uh, I have a setup at he. He has a, a rehearsal studio. It's a, uh, it's a standalone place that he, he rents out to bands. So he's got, uh, you know, drums and amps and all that sort of stuff there. And uh, I have basically my recording stuff set up there. So um, I I can, you know, use his space. And uh, so. Yeah. How long did it take? Hmm? How long did it take? I did it over the course of, uh, I don't know, half a year or a year. It was in the pandemic. So I don't know. Right. Time uh, really. <laughs> sort of stood still i don't know it's, yeah it, was, it took about a year i guess from start to finish you Just, released it back in uh october of 2022 correct yeah yeah so uh since then how many uh like have you been doing uh some picking up some more shows doing it that way have you have you just sending out singles to radio or anything like that uh yeah a bit of both really probably more shows than uh sending out singles so i did um I have a publicist that I work with and he, he mm -hmm. sent it out, of course. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't really focus on singles, so to speak. Um, uh, I did a tour out West with, uh, with my friend, Emily Triggs, who, who I'm doing a, a Ontario Quebec tour with. Uh, and uh, just, you know, just been, you know, I play a lot in, in Toronto and, and surrounding areas. So what about the States? Are you, uh, any plans on getting down? I mean, cause well, you know, I say this stuff to you, and I and I talk about this with a lot of bands and artists that um, you know it costs so much to tour. It like the everything's gone up, gas, gas, gas. But I always ask, is there any idea of of getting over into the states and and doing some shows? Actually, I'm going there. I'm going to. I got a show in New York City uh, in uh, at the beginning of August. Whereabouts are you playing? Uh, it's a place called the Rockwood Music Hall. Okay. My friend uh, Lorraine Lecky. Um, She's, uh, we've done a show, a couple, she's originally from Toronto, uh, lives in New York, and uh, she's done a few shows with me. I have a, I do a um, weekly um, Sunday matinee with uh, Screamin' Sam Ferrara, him and I'm at the place called The Communist Daughter. We've been doing that um, for almost, well, almost 19 years now. That's and crazy. Lorraine has come up and been a guest of that. Um, she did something on her own. She also did something with uh, uh, Cynthia Ross, who was in the, the B-Girls uh and um and then lorraine and i also did a show together with uh there's a gary top uh presentation there's a, a bookstore here in toronto called sellers and newell and um it's a tiny little bookshop it's just you know what you think of as a you know cool you know secondhand bookstore right. but um the guy uh peter sellers he um he uh, puts on uh shows there uh, you know after after hour well after closing time and sells tickets and i think the, the capacity is about 35 maybe oh right and, right you know uh there are these intimate shows and um so gary top's been doing uh some some shows out of there and asked me if i wanted to do one so lorraine and i did a show together so i'm basically going down to new york to do uh something with lorraine and uh, cynthia and i are gonna do something together as well as part of that show cynthia has been she was in the b girls and uh you know, sort of first wave punk stuff and, and I play bass with, you know, lots of different bands, New York's bands. And um, she's been doing sort of a, sort of a, like a po poetry thing and, and putting some of her poems to music uh, with Tim Bovaconti. They've been working on some recordings. So we're going to yeah, do a little something like that in New York. And, um, and yeah, I definitely plan on, on going down there more often. I'm a dual citizen, so I really have no excuse. 
Okay. It's kind of, I guess, financially, uh, you know, difficult in the past, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, Marie, should have seen us when the cops raided Lena's after Jackie died.
One day they 
Like everyone else, there's there's a uh, not all of us are dual citizens, but to trying to get down to the states uh, to play shows, it does cost a little bit of money. That's why I brought it up. Hey, you know what, man? It was great to see you at Lee's Palace, and you were doing sound for the Killjoys, and you did a fantastic job. And uh, it, it was a really fun night. And uh, I just want to say thank you for uh, what you did that night for all the bands. It was uh, really good. I enjoy doing sound. I, I do sound at the Horseshoe and Lee's Palace. So again, and it's another uh, sort of finger in another pie. Another little pie. Uh, that's great um, I, I, hate- I really enjoy it and especially when i'm uh you know i have a band like the killjoys to, to work with who you know are not only old friends but uh they're they're just you know a, a great band that has excellent songs and i haven't heard some of those songs in in a long time and i you know i kind of forgotten just how many uh great and memorable songs that they have right right well so they, that they, makes they, it sort of double the joy right double the joy a really good band it. to work with right yeah well, that was it was it was an awesome night. I just thought I'd pay you that compliment before I forget. Say, hey, you know, you did a really good job because, as you know, when you are touring, wherever you're going into a room, sometimes it's not the greatest, you know. Right. And everyone's just trying to get through the night, and then sometimes people just don't pay attention. But you were you were on the ball, and a lot of people said that 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 night. It's like it was it was a real treat to uh, to hear what you did that night. Uh, let's see, we have you coming into Hamilton, Ontario, at the Casbah Lounge on June 29th. Uh, with yeah. Emily Triggs, and uh, we're looking forward to you uh, doing that show. Thank you for taking the time, sir. But where do people go to find out, uh, to find your music and more about you? Uh, I have what they call a website. You still John got one of those? Okay. Yes, I do. It's a .com, don't you know? That's awesome. JohnBora.com has all my um, uh, yeah, has all my listings. That's probably the best central hub. Uh, you know, I'm you know on Instagram and uh, reluctantly. Uh, uh, I got dragged onto Facebook recently, so you know, I'm there as well. But uh, I, I suppose the the most immediate uh, and and where you could go to all those other things is just my website, JohnBora.com. 
Great. Thanks, John, for taking the time to chat with us, buddy. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Looking forward to coming back to the Hammer. Hi, this is John Bora. I'll be in Hamilton on June 29th. My friend Emily Triggs, all the way from Calgary, Alberta, will be at the Casbah Lounge.